We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish, joined as always by, you know, it's her loss, Rohan Kadi. If you follow Rohan on Twitter, you probably get that reference. If not, at Arkadi Jr. Rohan, how's it going? It was it was a reference to the album that came out <laughs> on Friday. Would you do you listen to that? By no, the way? I haven't listened. The album cover, honestly, I didn't want to put it on yet. I, I need to really work up my nerve to play that album. I don't like I the cover. It was all right. I'm I sure it's right. I'm sure it's good. I liked Drake and Twenty One Savage, but yeah. But uh, overall, doing well. Happy to be here. Happy to be talking about the still undefeated, never lost Milwaukee yeah. Bucks tie. So. As someone who took the the only one, I believe, who took the Bucks over in our massive preview pod, not even I expected this. Like my case for, I think it was like what fifty four ish was the number, and it was like, well, they might start a little rocky, but then when they get healthy, they'll be able to go on a run because they're just better than all the other teams. And even with this, it's been a pretty easy schedule for the Bucks so far. I think not as cupcake as people thought. You know, I'm talking to people in person over the weekend about the Thunder game without Chris, without Giannis. And I think there was a little bit of a lack of understanding. They were 4-4 four and four going into that game. I mean, like, the OKC Thunder, Shea was player of the week, I think, or player of the month or whatever it was. Week, week. Week. It kind of week. It was player of October, basically, right? But they don't call it a player of the month. Um, but they've looked good. You know, the young players are playing well. Shea looks like an all-NBA guy right so far. So do 30 other guys because it's early. But, um, and the Bucks just keep winning. Like, I, I didn't expect them to start 9-0, best in franchise history. With I think it's it's not – we don't put it in this context enough. They're down their two best wing players. Because I don't count Giannis. Giannis is Giannis. Like, we say this – like, Giannis is in his own category. How many teams would go, like, 6-3 and three through this schedule without their two best wing players? Like, that's an insane – element of your team to just be completely without and hopefully both of those guys will be coming back soon it seems like there's been positive momentum with both 
And then Giannis sits out the Thunder game, and it's like, okay, classic trap game. It's like, what, 18 hours from the end of the Timberwolves game to the start of that game, plus travel. Yeah, it was a red-eye flight, too. A red-eye flight. No Chris, no Giannis, no Pat, no Ingles, uh, no Mamu. Sixth game in eight days. Yeah, like and, and, uh, almost all of them were home games, but still, like that is the ultimate. And this hungry Thunder team, and I think they beat like the Lakers twice or whatever, or maybe the, Th- the Nuggets. They beat some... Well, maybe a good team. The Lakers aren't good. But, you know, this would be a big win for them. They could really, you know, puff out their chest and say, hey, we've beaten multiple good teams now. Take us take us seriously. And the Bucs just win. They just keep winning. So this podcast, you know, we're doing one big conceit on the Monday pods and then going player by player. The conceit is how the hell are we here? How are we 9-0? The best start in Milwaukee Bucks franchise history, which I have some fun stats there. Went full win in six, dug into the, the history. And the best start for any NBA team since the 15-16 Golden State Warriors, who went on to win 73 games. Don't think the Bucks are going to do that, but you never know. Yeah. Before we get into it, by the way, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Check everything out, all things GSPN at gspn.info if you want to go uh, hate yourself and talk about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I was going to say, wait, wait, I can do that better. I have a, I have a good idea of go to actually it, convince people to do that. If you're a negative Nancy, Milwaukee sports fan, and you're listening to this going, love the Eurostep guys, but love the Bucks, but this is just too much positivity, sit through this pod and then go over to Talk of the Tundra where there's, I imagine, I haven't gotten to listen to today's new episode yet. I imagine a lot less positivity going on after the Packers blow it on the road against the Lions. Aaron Rodgers, three interceptions. It's bad over there. So if you need your fix of uh, Wisconsin sports nihilism, they got you. It's a great pod, too. I think very well, cathartic for as well. reasons back, too. Yeah. yeah. Speaking Big of, again, if there's too much positivity, you can check out Cruising for a Bruiser as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, the Brewers have won more recently than the Packers. That is oofta. I have... You know what? Could you imagine if I told you the Bucks would have more wins by November 6th than the Packers would get all year? That's really depressing. Like, we're here. I mean, I don't think they're going to hit nine. Sorry, folks. Anyway. one No, no. One last plug. Yeah, yeah. Go vote, everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Election day, Tuesday, November 8th. Make sure you show up. Make sure you go vote. Please do it. It's very important. Very important elections, especially in the state of Wisconsin, but yeah. everywhere. Make sure you vote, please. They, um, the NBA is doing a cool thing for this. Have you seen this? Yes, there's no games on Tuesday. But every team plays Monday, and they're all free on the NBA app as part of the get out. So I'm hoping there's going to be a lot of messaging to get more people to vote. I saw something after 2020, Bucks Wildcat strike, the Jacob Blake shooting, all of these things. I think the number is like number percentage of NBA players who vote flip from like 22% to 90%. After that. Good. And that's how every, I mean, we all need to vote. It's really important. So I'm glad you said that, Rohan. Cool. Okay, yeah, the Milwaukee Bucks. So you go first. Let's just throw out reasons. You know, we'll, we'll do all our player talk. There can be player talk in here as well. But how are the Bucks 9 and 0 without Giannis for a game, Chris and Pat for nine games, Joe Ingles, whatever that means, for nine games? Let, let's dive into this thing. Number one for me. Mike Budenholzer. Hey, there we go. We owe Bud an upstock, by the way. He hasn't gotten we one do. yet this year. We do. We're going to have to figure that out. for the Thunder game, but uh, I forgot. Yeah, that happens. Uh, but Mike Budenholzer has been doing an exceptional job with rotations, with uh, 
scheme, like whether it's finding good players to balance out, like let's say, let's say someone's struggling, like the team is struggling on the offensive end, like we talked about last week. That hasn't really changed, but we're not gonna we're not gonna harp on that again. If you want to talk about the off or listen to us talk about the offensive issues, you can go to uh, last week's episode uh, here on the same feed. But Mike Budenholzer, I feel, has been doing a good job managing uh, the personnel that he has. Like we mentioned, there's been a lot of injuries. Like this rotation is kind of depleted right now. And yet he keeps doing what he needs to do. He keeps pressing all of the right buttons, whether that's uh, like, for example, in this Thunder game, it was if the offense is needing like a little bit of an injection. Okay, let's have let's spam Grace and Bobby actions because that's the best we can do right now. We just need to be able to find places to take advantage of the other team's defense and just, you know, find ways to gut out wins and gut out like scoring possessions because it's been a struggle for the Bucks, but they've gotten through. And like we've talked about earlier, like uh, in previous episodes, defense has been spectacular all across the board. Schematically, everyone knows where they need to be. Rotations are crisp. It's just, it feels more simplified, but better. Everyone knows what they're doing within the system. And while also the players deserve a lot of credit for that, Bud does too. A hundred percent. And I think the other thing for Bud, and I'm going to, I'll roll this after a quick thing on Bud into my, my first thing. But, you know, there's been a lot of talk about all the new stuff the Bucks are doing on offense and defense. And I think after... 2021 year right that was the year when they started switching more in the regular season and felt like there was a lot of breakdowns and it was kind of like ooh, are they even going to figure this out you know the tweaks they're making on both ends have been more or less seamless especially defensively and that's that's like i mean it's a credit to all the players of course like every everything good coaching also is a credit to players as well that's how it works but they're ready. Like they came in ready to play this new style, helping less, you know, way more ball screens on offense, way more actions on offense. And I think the offense has been bad, but it feels to me more like a little bit of shooting variance and a little bit of just absence of talent versus bad scheme. Like I think they've consistently through, I, I missed the Thunder game, but I've seen pretty much every other game. They generate good looks. Like it's not like they don't, I mean, sometimes Drew takes a ton of early shot clock shots and he's I think he's like one for one for nine or something on his very early threes which is clearly not ideal but when the offense actually runs I feel like they get pretty good looks they're just not falling down but the defense has just been exceptional and like it just feels like they're they're way more ready to go and I know in the past especially like bubble era we criticized Bud for not having the Bucks. it seemed like they weren't ready to play against the Magic or against the Heat Right now they are. It feels like every single game they're dialed in. They come in ready. Did you actually see the Discord stat about time that they've trailed? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like it's been uh, like 30 total minutes. I got to find out who – I don't think I pinned it. I should have. But I'm going to try and find this post quick because it's really cool research. But, yeah, they, they've just – they've been up almost all the time in all of their games. They've been – I think there's also something where it's like they've been up by 20-plus points, like nearly as much as they've been losing. That would not shock me. It's th- just – it's been pure dominance. Yeah, and I just think like, yeah, that it's a great call-out to Bud, and we should have talked about this more earlier. He's just had them ready to go, and everything is – not everything, but enough things are working for them to still be – have a perfect record so far. For sure, for sure. I uh, think it was Dovinia. 
That sounds right. Dovina shared a pick. Side note, here's the game-by-game breakdown of trailing time. Oh, and this is updated. So in the first quarter against OKC, five minutes. In the Minnesota game, 20 seconds. Pistons total in both games, 28 seconds. Hawks, seven minutes. So that was most of it. Or not most of it. Knicks, 20 seconds. Nets, 16 minutes. Rockets, none. Sixers, one minute. So 30 minutes total, only 57 seconds in the fourth quarter have the Milwaukee Bucks trailed. It's Wild. only only against the Sixers and I think the Hawks for a couple of seconds. It's crazy. Also, by the way, that's a good that's a good place to plug uh, gspn.info discord access form in there. Yeah, well, Twitter's going down the tubes. Yeah, if Bird yeah. app's dying, so if you want to talk <laughs> Bucks, uh, get into the GSPN Discord. Yeah, uh, great call. Let's let's get everyone in there. It's going to be utopia. A lot of great Bucks talk. Also, other Wisconsin sports talk. That's not and utopia. Every, and other things. And a lot of other things. I mentioned history. So yes, I'm excited for the stat time. The Bucks have had a 66 win season and a 63 win season with that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar fella, also known previously as Lou Cinder, of course. I was looking it up because I thought kind of surprising that they never. I mean, it's hard to win nine straight games, clearly, but Kareem does stuff that's hard all the time. Kind of all he did. Kareem, insane. Every Still Kareem set is insane. Yeah, true. So the 63-win season, which was 71-72, they lost game eight to Boston, and then they ended up 17-1 and after that. So it's not like they, they started slow. It was just one timely loss. The 70-71 season... Literally almost the exact same deal, except they lost game two at Detroit. So they're one and one after two games. This is the title team. They won 66 games that year. And then they go on to win 16 straight after that and also end up 17 and one. So not like those teams started slow, but it just goes to show how easy it is to drop one early. You know, it's it's just it's hard to keep winning. I think the Bucks this year's Bucks. Probably not played any teams as good as I assuming the Pistons were good then still. I actually don't know. Yeah. I'm oh, no, sure they, they were they were only they were forty five and thirty seven that year. So that was kind of an upset game, actually. Uh the Celtics are always good though, so that one's not surprising. But yeah, that's that's the history. But I was gonna say, and this is almost the same as Bud, but I was gonna say culture for why they keep winning. I mean yes, spe- I. specifically a culture of defense, and that's how they're doing it, like on the court. But I think you look around the league and there's teams like, you know, how many teams could weather these many guys being out and, you know, bad variants, like some really bad performances by some players. Like Grayson Allen, thankfully, really came through off the bench against the Thunder, which we're going to have to have a whole convo about that now. But like Grayson Allen, I don't think had played all that well to start the year. Not shot well. Some really bad turnovers here and there in games. Javon Carter was ice cold before that game and continued to start, but really like was shooting 23% from three or maybe worse and similar from the field. Drew Holiday until about five games ago was just not able to hit a layup. Like his shots are not going in. We talk about the playmaking, the defense, but shot making wise, he simply had not had it. And again, against the Thunder, he was three for 10 uh, against OKC. You know, Marjan Bochamp didn't really get to play has an amazing game against the Timberwolves, then is bad against the Thunder. I thought Bobby Porter started slow and then has really come on. The point is, like, there's been no issues. And, of course, they're undefeated. But there's been, like, within the team, you can just tell they're just all on the same page. Nobody cares if a guy is like, you know, oh, the shots aren't going in. 
Like we hear every time we hear Giannis talk to a shooter, all he says is just keep shooting them. Like just keep shooting them. Remember remember the Thon Maker quote? Yeah, he said he's going to punch him in the face or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like if, I keep telling him if you hesitate, I'm going to punch you. Yes. But that's like that's that's like everything about the Bucks is just like just do your part, get better every day. They love to say that. You know, shoot open shots, defend your ass off. And that's all they do and it just feels like in spots, I mean, of course, they're undefeated. You wouldn't expect big drama. But it would be easy to drop a couple of these games and then for there to be a little bit of, like, just hard feelings, I guess, like negativity about some of these players. There certainly has been online, but it just feels like the Bucks don't care. Like, they're just a machine. They're, they're so next man up, and it's a deep roster. Credit to John Horace that guys can keep stepping up and playing well. But I just think, like, this is the culture of just, like, everyone trusting each other and then you have – it feels like almost a different guy coming through every night. I mean, I would say Giannis, Brooke, and then Bobby, and then Drew mostly have been like the four most consistent guys. And outside of that – and Bobby, you know, Bobby and Brooke, I think there's a wide range in how much they do in any given game. Every Other than that, it's just like random guys will pop up here and there. And it's just like, okay, yeah, it's your night tonight. And I just think that's like an underrated cool thing about this Bucks team. Yeah, if there's like – Everyone, we always like, it's it's easy to say, oh, next man up mentality. This team embodies that, right? It's like, there's no, there's no actual hierarchy to it. I mean, I, there theoretically is because it's like, obviously we're not going to say like Giannis is the same player as Serge Ibaka or yeah. anything, but there is like, everyone does feel like they can contribute to a game. Everyone can feel like, Hey, maybe this is my night. But it's not in a sort of way, unless you're Jordan Wara, where it's like, I'm just going to go take shot after shot yeah. after shot. Shout out to Jordan Wara. Yep. But it's just, I, I think I think you put it best. The culture really, really stands out. It's just, it feels like a team that's, like, we've, we've talked about this in the offseason. This team, like, continuity really helps. Like, this feels like a team that's played together for years now. And that's because a lot of them have. Like, aside from, aside from Serge and Javon, and I guess Joe Ingles, like everyone, and Bochamp, everyone else has been on this roster for at least two seasons. Has Grayson? No. And Grayson. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, year two for Grayson. Um, and Bamu, I guess. Yeah. Well, look at look at it. Here's a, a specific example, the Thunder game. Grayson Allen sits on the bench and watches Javon Carter and Marjon Bochamp start the game. And it's like, does he pout, anything else? No, he goes out and... You lead the team and score. No, Brooke had more, no. but he has 19 he had, he had points. A, he had a season high 19 points. Yeah, five for six shooting from deep, two steals, a block. Like it, everyone just feels like they're just so focused on winning, and that's it. And I think that's you're not nine to know without that. Even with a, a a kind of mid schedule, with the injuries they've had, and just how the NBA works, it it takes that. I think this is a special group, and you know I think they're going to be able to do special things in the regular season and certainly in the playoffs. Yeah, we you mentioned this is a little bit of a, a tangent, but you mentioned yeah. uh, we both went, or you went over, I went under on the Milwaukee Bucks, or I mm. think I had a push or something. You might have pushed, yeah. Um, what do you think the win total gets to? I think they're going to threaten sixty. I think they will too. You know what's funny? I was looking at their schedule. Uh, this obviously isn't going to happen. Maybe who knows? But uh, the the twenty seventh game, not the twenty fifth game of the season, is against the Warriors. Can you imagine if the <laughs> Warriors are wearing like twenty six? Oh my shirts? god! 
That might be all they have to to root I for, heard, given the way their I'd season is going. <laughs> I would I would love it so much if that actually happened. Could could you imagine if you show up to a, uh, what is it Oracle now? No, it no, it's was. not Oracle. Uh, Chase Center, Chase yeah. Center. And there's just a bunch of people wearing twenty six and one shirts. Real quick side note: Remember how the West it's a home game? Done. Oh well, they can travel. the The top of the West felt so spooky before the year. Like Clippers, uh, is Kawhi going to play this year again? Hopefully, but he hasn't played in like weeks. And there was, I don't even think it didn't seem like there was a specific re-injury. It's just uh, whatever's going on with Kawhi, which we have to say every year now. And the rest of their team is not winning that many games. The Warriors' young guys look like a mess. And I just have to say, after hearing about, oh, they they did the dual path thing successfully. That's all we heard for months. Where was the evidence that they did? They tried it. Like, what, what was when was Kuminga's 30-piece in the finals? Like, Andrew Wiggins and Kevon Looney and Steph, of course, were the guys who were winning them those games. Like, Well, it's, yeah. it's The thing is, they were able to survive the minute. Like, the minutes where the young guys were in were good because they had guys like Otto yeah, Porter Jr., the, like GP, yeah. GP2. But the now young guys weren't. Now like, it's there was, Dante, and uh, now Dante's hurt. But, yeah, uh, well. It's Dante and who else? Jamichael Green. Yeah, who th- those are going to have to be the guys now because those I, young I guys. like Jamichael Green, but he's not out of Porter. I I appreciate the Warriors not taking Lamelo instead of Wiseman and Franz Wagner instead of Kuminga, so the NBA is still fun. It's not. It's not even that though. Like they keep playing Wiseman, even though he's, he's clearly bad. not good. He's bad. Yeah, and they're just not playing Kuminga. But that's besides the point. Yeah, uh, but then the Nuggets have just like. Murray has not looked very good at all so far, which it's going to take some time, but they have not they have not looked like the world beaters we kind of expected. The Wolves are kind of in shambles. The Cavs are really good. Like there's some other did you, teams did popping you see up. The, uh, do you see the Anthony Edwards play? Yeah, where he just didn't move. Nikaias posted. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, Nikaias posted that. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to do it too early, like I did with the Suns, who also look really good again. Uh, it may get KD because the Nets are blowing up here. But anyway, back to the Bucks. That's enough. Enough general NBA. No, the, no, we didn't say. Yeah, you said sixties. They'll push sixty. Yeah, I think they'll push sixty. What if? What if they get to seventy? I, I just, it's just so difficult, and, and it's like, I, it, it, the only way is if they can seamlessly. Slide in Pat and Chris, which probably, but it has been a while now that they've had to play without Chris dating back to the Celtics series. But if he steps in and looks good, like I think the one, the one, if they could do high 60s, if they integrate the wings seamlessly and Chris has the Brook thing of like, it's actually good. I didn't, I didn't play much over the last several months. I kind of needed that, right? Like if Chris comes back and he's a little better defensively than last time we saw him and looks good offensively too. It's not impossible, but it's like the one percent optimistic scenario. That's fair. Maybe I'm just drinking the Kool Aid too early. Early this morning. Yeah, it I just I, I need to see them play some diff- some better teams. They play some sure, good teams, sure. but no, no, no teams that are beaters. like yeah, yeah. I mean, I, who who's the best team they've played? Philly, probably. And I don't even think they're that. I mean, the Knicks had were good, and then they've kind of cratered since they lost to the Bucks. They have, they have a better record than the Sixers. Hawks are the Hawks good Hawks, this year? Yeah. They're they're six and three. Yeah, yeah. So that might be by record. That's probably the best team they have beaten so far. Get them, get them again twice this week, including tonight. If you're listening, is that the whole season? 
might be. It has to be, right? Yeah, they don't play a, a, a non-division team four times, so that's it. Wow. Yeah, they play them. They play them today, Monday the seventh, and then Monday the fourteenth. I will say this is, you know, I think people can not many people. I think people are just enjoying this, as are we, which is what you should do. But there's, I think it's easy to kind of discredit and say like, oh, whatever, it's early season because the NBA year is so long. It's still important, you know, even if they're not, they don't, let's say they don't end up pushing 65 wins or whatever. Bank these wins now for when even more guys are out and get some like, get some tiebreakers going. You know, they already got one against Philly. You got one against Brooklyn. Brooklyn won't matter. Then they're lottery team. But like if you can take the season series with Atlanta now, a team that looks pretty good and just like have that banked for later, it's a big deal. Plus, it's not even like super insignificant. It's almost 11% of the entire regular yeah. season has been played already. Yeah. 10.97%, I think. Yeah, they will it's, certainly. It's not, it's not insignificant. Like, sure, they're going to run into a stretch here where they play the, the, the Spurs. I guess I have to include them. <laughs> yeah. They're all right. Uh, then they play the Hawks. Like November 16th. That's a must watch. Yep. It is. It is That's the, the game. Hawks versus the Cleveland Cavaliers who look amazing. Yeah. They look Amazing. really good. I really – I mean it's it's probably unlikely. I would love if we could get at least one of Chris or Pat back for like a game or two before then. If not both, like I would really like to see the full-strength Bucks go against that Cavs team. That feels like a game where they might really get up for just to kind of send a message, right? Like, oh, you guys think – we remember when we were you. I remember 18, yeah, 19. Yeah, the thing is – the thing is, the Cavs will do the same thing. Oh, for sure. I mean, the, I think the Cavs, the Cavs are still in that fun part where they're just gonna. I think they're doing that for everyone. It's like, uh, it's like the first Bud year. Bud. That's what I'm saying. It's eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. Like, they, I think the Cavs have no shortage of motivation, right? Like, Mitchell has stuff to prove, and that whole team, like, they don't want to be in the play-in, right? They want to be in the playoffs. The Bucks aren't gonna do that for every game, but I think the Cavs. I think I'm really looking forward to that. I hope no, but both that, teams that are stretch healthy. where it's Cavs, Sixers without Harden, but uh, Blazers. Blazers who look really good. Bulls and Cavs, Mavs. That's gonna yeah. be a tough stretch. Yeah, the end of November and then at Knicks. Um and then you oh, get no. a really easy back to back versus Lakers at Hornets. Uh so that's nice at least. They they give us an easy part after that. You know one thing, I remember this earlier when I looked at the schedule too. I just didn't really see like the hell part of the schedule. And I is like it might just be that the Bucks are really good. I mean they have a hard part mid December. That's probably the hardest part. They have, they have a road back to back, not back to back, uh, two and three in Miami. Oh yeah, that's that's probably two losses right there. Yeah, the Heat have not been no, good, but in Miami is. No, this the first one is the second of a back to back, so it's a three and four. Oh, so that might be better. I uh, know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's better. They play be in better. Atlanta, then the next day they play in Miami. Day off, then in Miami. <laughs> That so, second uh, one well, is going to be. Pencil the second one in. Is Does anybody on the Bucks not drink? Because if they do, they need to start. I don't care who it is on their own. I, any, I don't think anyone's young enough to not. I mean, it could be a personal choice. No, yes, yes. Yeah. But I don't think we have to worry about age. No, not on this roster. How old is Marjan? Like 22? Yeah, 22. Yeah, that's the, young, that's the young guy on the team. Meanwhile, that's like the average age of the Houston Rockets. Like, <laughs> Who are really liking this Brooklyn collapse. Oh my god, dude! It's so. We'll get back to Bucks, I promise. And this was mostly Bucks, but the fact that there is—I'll I'll say a non-significant chance—that the Lakers or Nets pick is used to take Wembenyama, and they don't get him, is hilarious. Terrifying that he could go to the Pelicans, who already look really good, but simply hilarious for the league. It's like uh, it's like the. 
the Nets Celtics deal, but I think worse. Uh, if if it's Wemby, it's already, way worse. Yeah, as, no, especially because the Pelicans are already good. No, it would like Boston, be Boston. Oh. Boston wasn't already good when they were taking. Like if they should, yeah. they were fine. But yeah, yeah, like yeah, they were like forties wins, scrappy team, good. Yeah. yeah, they were like Isaiah Thomas Celtics, which could they were all right, but. Then yeah. taking Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. This is a contender who could take Wembenyama. The funny thing was, it felt like Pell's fans, when they had all those picks, were probably more excited about the Bucks picks. Like, I, I, they have the 27 Bucks pick, right? And it's like, oh, man, if, if Giannis is gone by then or whatever, like, they're they're an old team. And it seems like the Lakers picks are going to – I mean, we'll see what happens with the Bucks. That is a long time from now. But, I mean, they have, they're going to get a top 10 player in the draft because of the Lakers this year. And I'm just like, yeah. that. that's going to happen. The Lakers are bad. Sorry, Darvin, who I think is not doing a great job, but he's trying. But they're just bad. I, th- I feel like he's he's not given the proper tools. No, of course him. not. Of co- and it's and all the politics and stuff there is making it – He it, it's, it's tough for him because like not only is the roster much worse, the culture is abysmal there. Like he really walked into a poverty situation. For sure. And uh, – yeah, it's just it's just tough. Bill Simmons apparently said AD might be on the market. <laughs> would you would you trade for Anthony Davis right now? I wouldn't no. if on the Bucks. I would I would sniff around KD, and I think he's on the market. I just don't think they have the stuff still. I don't, Anthony like the fit's not there. I've thought about this too with some of these guys who it's like they're just depre- depreciated assets. Like you could go get Ben Simmons for nothing. I think like. They're saying like Zach Lowe keeps saying you can't even trade him because trade value is so low, and I do think there are like contenders or semi-contenders who should be like let's roll the dice on this guy. The upside is there if you can get him for like literally nothing. But the the Bucks fit is just so bad. You you never could. It it, it really is, and I I I want to push back a little bit on saying comparing Anthony Davis to Ben Simmons because Anthony Davis has actually been very good this season. Yeah, but he's been one of the. I'm not comparing players. them as players, but available no, I, guys. I understand. Available I'm trying guys. To make, I'm trying to make that Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, that's a good call. Anthony Davis, you have to give up real assets for. Yes. Ben Simmons, I think you could just be like, hey, here's salary. We'll take Ben. I don't know if anyone will, but. Yeah, I think uh, I think the context of that was uh, Simmons and KOC discussing uh, Bam and AD swap. Why would the Heat ever? I mean, Bam's like the... Yeah, but AD on the Heat with that workout regimen? I'll give him a month. Like, what? He's going to perish. Matt Riley's going to kill that. Dude. Yeah. He like he literally is like, yeah, I don't touch a basketball all offseason. Jimmy Butler is going to show up at his house and, like, throw stuff at him. <laughs> he's going to show luck. up. He's going to install a basketball court in his bedroom. Yeah. Bam is the ultimate, like, cautionary tale of do not assume progression is linear. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. But his midi is fire, right, Ty? Oh, my God. Let's back to the Bucks. <laughs> Do you have any other big picture stuff, or should we start going player by player? Let's, let's go player by player, because I think that's a better way to facilitate this discussion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because one guy I want to start with, who you mentioned was kind of ice cold, but is still one of the main reasons the Bucks are not know is Javon Carter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited He's, to talk about this. Like, sure, like you mentioned, it hasn't been the prettiest shooting. Uh, aside from there was a stretch in the Thunder game. You had, you didn't watch this, but in the third quarter, he was just lights out. Like, he was coming up. He was hitting threes off screen, step backs, and I was Good. like, oh, my Good. God. He needs that, that confidence. That, that's that GSPN bump right there. Yeah. But, uh, like, he was he was five of nine from three in that game. Uh, but And even two of three in the Timberwolves game. But before that, he hadn't made a three in four games. Yeah. It's not that that I'm very happy with. It's just the bulldog defense, man. Yeah. Like we've we've talked this to death, I feel like. But just the way that he gets into guys, the way he just bullies them, picks them up full court always. You can see it in the offensive player's eyes like, "Oh, great. He's still here." Like he's just gonna, he's going to hit a big 3, and then he's going to go walk right up to the baseline to go face guard you. Yeah. That type of two-headed monster defense with him and Drew Holiday is spectacular i we we both had concerns about javon carter starting yeah for this team mm-hmm. uh we thought maybe him as a backup point guard would be better and sure you can still have him in that role as like a starter among bench units and this maybe when chris and uh chris and pat come back uh maybe more so uh pat but i'm not sure yeah you you see like yeah he works he can be really good on ball that'd be a good role for him He's really good off ball too. Yeah. And just as a like a as a defender, as like a guy who can come off screens, hit threes, catch and shoot threes, he's really good at that too. Yeah. No, I think he is like and we've talked about this player archetype a lot in the past, but like the Bucks with the way they're built, and I do think offensively, his life will be much easier when Chris is back because he just won't touch the ball as much, which sounds like a negative, but it's and, not. You know, like, he'll get he'll get easier looks too. But like, I think also the just less. The, yeah, but true. Yeah, but both. also yeah. The defense isn't going to bend to him because right now the defense kind of has to bend to him because he's one of the only shot creators on this team. Yeah, 
but I think like he's just it feels like I mean a Thunder game aside, and hopefully he can take something from that. He just doesn't seem like he wants to shoot eight times a game, right? And that's that can be tough for a starter. This is on this version of the Bucks without Chris. Like it's kind of it's it's hurt them, and that's why I pushed. We gave him one down stock a couple a week ago because like he just wasn't shooting and wasn't making shots. I think that's a bad combo that made the offense a little bit stale. But I think with Chris back, assuming Javon still starts, which I actually think is very much on the table at this point, like then he like, he can probably shoot four or five times a game and it's fine because he's still giving you the spacing and of course the defense. And now it's like he's just – and he's good moving off ball, which is really important. And he can use the dunker a little bit, but he certainly is moving around on the perimeter. Like all he has to do is basically orbit Chris Giannis. And we've talked about this before. It's like that's such a good fit for this starting lineup. Like if someone who doesn't need the ball but can work with it on and off, like on shoot and driving. And that's just like – I think he'll fit much better. Defensively, like the most this is this is not a good comparison, but yeah. I feel like the archetype is there. I'm not comparing these two players. It's like Delhi on steroids. Oh yeah, I, I was it's I, for me. I was thinking like Brogdon, but like much less on ball stuff. Because that yeah, was that Brogdon's not giving you bulldog defense though. No, no, he's like a fine bigger guard defender. He's a good. He's a better. He's a good system defender. Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the here's where I flipped on Javon because I was talking about. Starting someone over him or whatever. I think in the last week, since our last pod, I've, I've been watching closely. And I think they really love what he allows Drew Holiday to do on defense. And I think versus like Wes Matt, and we'll have to talk about Wes, who's just not playing much, which I find very interesting given he's not playing super well either, but given the amount of guys out, it's very, very interesting. But I think the Bucks enjoy having Drew to go on wing players and then they don't have to worry because really the version of the Bucks, whether it doesn't matter any of the starting lineups where it's Drew and then any two of Wes Matthews, Grayson Allen, Chris Middleton, if there's any dynamic small guard, Drew has to guard them. And then you're stuck putting those other guys on the wing players. And like Chris, again, has not been the same defender. We'll see when he comes back. Grayson is, is I think, a fine positional defender, like worse than Brogdon, but he's okay. And West is a good defender, but offensively there's a lot of question marks. And they just didn't have that much flexibility, whereas now having a guy that you're confident in putting on the Trey Youngs of the world really opens things up where you can say, Drew, like wherever you need to go. Like I, the Pistons game, it stuck, stuck out to me because Jaden Ivey is like a dynamic weapon. And one of those games, he really did hurt the Bucks. But you can put Javon Carter on that guy and then Drew on Cade Cunningham. And we know this is a league that outside of some teams like the Hawks, like it's a league driven by Cavs. It's a league that's often driven by star wing players. And being able to put Drew on basically anyone they need to is a huge benefit to the defense. And as we've talked about, they have the best defense in the league. It's like a point and a half better, I think, net rating than the Cavs, who are number two. And I think part of the reason is they've really opened up Drew and made it so, you know, I'll bring a Packers comp. They, they don't have Jair on one side of the field here for the Bucks, right? Like Jair's going wherever he wants, Jair being Drew Holiday and guarding whoever he needs to guard. And I think those teams too, like the Hawks and the Cavs, you feel a lot better also. I mean, not like Drew can't guard the small guys. Now you have Javon and Drew guarding the star backcourts, right? So Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. 
uh, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, if they're both playing together. Now you have two guard defenders you feel great about as well. So I think the flexibility on defense is really why that Javon is getting these starts. And I mean, best defense in the league, nine and zero. I think it's hard to say it's not working. Yeah, it's like you have another version of Drew Holiday. <laughs> yeah, but a limited so one like to a, guards, a compact version of Drew Holiday. <laughs> yeah, like a like a. This is gonna sound really mean, but I don't make like a uh, Halloween fun size. Candy oh man, card. come on! One, well, one last note on this before I hand it back over. Especially given the new defense, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, because you know. Now that they're trying to help less and just trusting guys to effectively funnel to Brooke or just or not. But, I mean, that's the worst case, right, is you funnel into Brooke and Brooke takes care of it. You really need to trust the the defense in front of you. And Javon and Drew, like there's there's I don't I'll say there's no better combination of perimeter defenders. I don't know. Is that true? It's got to be up there. Yeah, I can't I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'll say this. Nobody has a group of four in their starting lineup, like Javon Carter, Drew Holiday, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. No, that's it's an embarrassment of riches. It's like if like, like the Cavs have the back line, but the Bucks have that plus an elite front line. Yeah. Like that's 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 the real, I think, simplest answer. That's why they're not in all. Because they have the defensive personnel to make everyone's life hell. If if at least two bucks are not first team all defense, I will be upset. That's a sham. Yeah. If a buck isn't at least top two in defensive player of the year, here's my awards upset. ballot today: Giannis MVP, Brooke Lopez DPOI, Brooke Lopez Most Improved, Bobby Portis Sixth Man of the Year. What a Marjan Bochamp Rookie of the Year? No, maybe not. Go. Maybe not after the the Thunder game. Hey, the Wolves game was really good though. The Wolves game was great. Should we talk about Marjan? Yeah, let's do it. I feel like not not as essential to the nine and zero, but obviously an exciting story. And you I was saw t- you saw the you saw the Wolves game more than I did. I was tweeting out of pocket, my guy. Like woo! And then of course he goes and misses eight or nine shots against the Thunder. It's because it's because I was there. That's why. And, and first start, I think first start, maybe some jitters. I, I do think Marjan has been a little susceptible to the rookie stuff, which makes sense. I mean, everything he's been through. And, like, not really played. I mean, the highest level competition you played was G League, which is there. But, like, they're not they're, – they were, like, an exhibition G League team. Like, it's just yeah, different. The, the Ignite prior to this season were not a full G League yeah. team. They did not – were not, like, playoff eligible or anything. Yeah, they it was – They play a full season. Yeah. Now they are. You're right. But when Bochamp was there, they were not. Yeah. And, and otherwise, it's been, like, you know, high school, like, AAU-style leagues, and that's about it. So – I think a JUCO year or something, but like I, I so I get it. Not like not to say like I, it makes sense. He's now playing and and now you know against the Thunder, starting in the NBA. I, I would be pretty, I think, not rattled, but you know, I, I'd, I'd have my eyes wide open as well. But the Wolves game, he just looked like such a perfect wing player for this Bucks team, making and taking corner threes. Both are important. Getting to the rim, drawing free throws. Like in that game, uh, I want to say maybe he had four. I do have the box score up here somewhere. He had four. F- oh, no. No, only, he had only one free throw. throw. Oh, that's, I must be missed. thinking of a different game. Yeah, he missed it. Um, but he it was had, the Pistons game where he went to the Lions twice. That's thank you. Um, 14 points, five boards, made two of his four corner threes, made four of his six shots from two. 
And he just kept getting to the rim. And I think the most, the biggest eye-popping play was he gets the pass from Giannis in the left corner, has Nas Reed on him, who's a good, Nas Reed gave Giannis problems. Like when Cat fouled out, it was harder for the Bucs because Nas Reed checked back in. Nas Reed is good. Like Nas Reed should play more. But Bochamp's got him in the corner and he kind of dekes him a little bit, goes left on baseline and just annihilates the rim. And it's everyone had the one same foot, take. One foot dunk. Everyone had the foot. same take. Nobody on the Bucks for the past three years besides Giannis could do this. Like literally nobody else. Maybe TA, I think getting there could be more of an adventure. Like, and Marjan's handle is too. He travels a lot. Like there's, it's still a work in progress. He's probably not ready he's to step rookie. up. He's, yeah. he's a he's a late first round pick rookie who needs to learn the game. And there, and he's going to have more opportunity to do so from the sideline when these guys get healthy and his minutes or certainly, with the herd. or with the herd as well. Um, but the flashes are certainly there, and I think that's all you can ask for. But I'll, I'll say this: my favorite Marjon play was not that in that game. I don't know if you remember, probably against the Pistons, it was he gets the ball in transition. Giannis is also in transition and he looks him off, tries to take to the basket and can't finish. I'll say over one and a half defenders. Like there was a guy there and kind of another guy to the side. And I remember saying, you know, you like to see him take the ball and try to make a, a splash play. But Giannis in transition, you just have to know on the Bucks, Like that's the guy against the Wolves. There's a play where he gets the ball in semi-transition immediately passes to Giannis. And they're pretty much level with each other, but he just goes, no, like I, I, I learned that one. You're the guy. Giannis draws three defenders, gets the ball back to Marjan. He puts it in for a layup. And it's just like that's that's how you learn during the game of like, okay, I don't need to do this myself on this team. Like I don't need to do anything myself. If I play off Giannis, I'll get all the shots I need. And the highlight tape that's going around, I think Box and One shared, like all of his makes or most – all of his makes from that game, five of the six were directly on passes from Giannis. The sixth was Giannis to Wes on the short roll to Marjan. So I think that to me, and of course Giannis doesn't play in this Thunder game, which maybe has something to do with Marjan not playing as well. It's like the the anti-Grayson Allen. You need the good players. Yeah, but it it makes sense. And I think that's the best thing for his year this year and going forward. If he can just perfectly mold to be one of those guys who just fits around Giannis and is like, yes, like use the space. Yeah. Yeah, you if you want to carve out a role on this team, you need to be able to play with Giannis. That's obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's he's showing he can right away. Like that's half of Giannis's assists in that game. Yeah. And he had a triple double. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Like one one re- I'll take a little bit of victory. Like one of the reasons I was super high on him coming into the coming into the draft is like sure that eye popping dunk is fine. Like it's good. It's really good. You can't teach that. <laughs> you, yeah. you absolutely cannot yeah. teach how to have that level of burst and athleticism and just going to the rim with that tenacity. You you can you can study tape, you can you can study like anything you want, you can break down all the film you want. Like it that's like lear- learning how to swim online. You can't do that. <laughs> you, you, I've tried. Have... <laughs> Wait, no, no, but okay, I, yeah. um, but you you just have you either have that or you don't. Yeah, yeah. He has it. You can learn everything else, but you can't do that. You yeah. can't learn that. I-, I tweeted this after the game, but I just cannot wait until we can see like Drew Holiday, Marjon Bochamp, Chris Middleton, Giannis Brook lineups. 
That's what I need. I need that more than air or water was my exact quote. Like – You got me feeling some things, Tom. You're like that – like uh, the amount of wings, like if Marjan isn't ready to play like later – and he's ready to play now, but like ready to play more consistently. Like obviously the Thunder game was a total stinker. I mean he's he's been constantly ramping up in minutes. Like maybe yeah. almost 25 minutes is a lot for him. Yeah. Yeah, especially this early. It yeah. is and important it's a game to where note. He did – he did foul out of that game. Also. He, he gets the start and plays more minutes than Jordan Wara, despite fouling out, and Wara had no fouls. So I do think that now, to me, is flipped. And we'll see. Maybe it'll change after that game. But I think, like, we've talked about that pecking order, that hierarchy or whatever. I think Wara had his chance. I think I think it's about done. I know he played 22 minutes, but that's because Giannis is out and all the other guys. Like, I, I think now Marjan, I think, has slid above him because he's better defensively already, even with the fouls. Yeah, can we can we talk about the defense? Yeah. It's like his screen navigation looks like he's an NBA vet. Yeah. Like and the, the, the other thing he, you can't teach. He knows teach. how to use his space. He knows yeah. how to use his length. He, it's it's ridiculously high defensive IQ and defensive acumen for a rookie. Yeah. The other thing you can't teach is the hustle. And he's never taken a playoff. And that's like no, that's can't. the kind of thing – I know a lot of people said this after the Wolves game on offense, like the ball finds energy, which is true. But I think defensively, like Bud finds energy and keeps energy in the game. And that's like, you so know. why doesn't TA play? Uh, <laughs> he fouls even more than Bochamp does. That's the thing he has to work on most, of course, is the fouling. You never want to foul is, out of a which game. Which is typical for a rookie. Yeah, it is. And it's better. I, was this you or someone else? Was t- no, uh, Henry Ettinger was telling me this. Hedging Henry on TikTok, if you're on there, uh, who I work at Blue Wire with. He saw a study. Which, I forget who we were talking about. But it's better as a young player to have too many fouls because it shows you're, you are active defensively. Like it's you're more likely to be a great defender if you foul a ton early versus like you barely ever pick up fouls. Because it's just it's unlikely you're that involved in the play. And you have to, you have to learn how to not foul. And – you know, the more you establish yourself, the more you get the benefit of the doubt on those calls as well as Marcus Smart, the Marcus Smart rule. Yeah. And also it's important to note, like coming into this game, he had five total fouls. Yeah. I mean, in it, like, it hasn't been it hasn't not been many previous. minutes, but yes. Yeah. But it's like the previous game where he plays 18 and a half minutes. He has two fouls. He yeah. plays 16, two fouls. This game, 25 minutes, six fouls. Uh, that is still like a four plus so, so, foul yeah. per 36. It's still a lot of fouls. It's just he hasn't played that much. Um yeah, I think he'll have to work on it, but it's fine. It's not something you wouldn't expect. So, you know, if he can knock down the threes consistently this year, I do think he could have toward the end of the bench rotational opportunities. Maybe not if Ingles looks good, because then you're just you're running out of spots. But uh Plus, like, is it's, ex- exciting. He's going getting down the stretch, Bud's gonna trust his vets, which in this case is on un- it's understandable. Like this is a very, very deep roster. Yeah. With very like high end wing talent. Yeah. So if you see Bochamp sort of slide out towards the end of the season that's understandable but this is this is what we wanted this is yep. the opportunity like early season uh wings are injured give Bochamp a shot herd aren't in season oh no the herd are in they season. are uh, yeah they just uh kicked off their season uh on the fourth yeah fourth and they had a back-to-back of course shout out the g league yeah <laughs> yeah uh were we uh there's there's potential for us being at a game on wednesday oh yeah me remembering that for the first time in two weeks. We'll talk after the pod. But yeah, there is. that. That's intriguing. Potential. Um, potential. Okay, so that's Bochamp. I think War, we kind of covered too. Same guy. He's the same guy. 
He looked good early. He really is. Catch and shoot threes, but uh, I think just mostly the same guy. Talked about Javon. Let's do Bobby Portis and Brooklyn. I was going to say, we, we got to do Bobby. So, what do you have, 21 rebounds against the Thunder? Yes. I was telling you this before we started recording, but I was at the, I was at the Thunder game. And I just look up at the box score, like, and on the Jumbotron. And I turned to my friend. I was like, is that wrong? Because it was like at some point during the second quarter, I believe, Bobby Portis had 17 rebounds. I was like, <laughs> what? Because it's it's one of those things where it's hard to pick up, like if you're just like just sitting there watching the yeah. game. I was like, wait a second. I ch- I checked the NBA app. I checked the ESPN. <laughs> I checked the Bucks app. I was like, is something wrong here? No, Bobby's just gobbling up the boards, man. So. I remember it was probably after like four or five, maybe five games. I think it was that pod when they were five and oh. And I was like, you know, I'd just like to see more of the energy splash plays from Bobby Portis. And it feels like since then, every single game, he has brought it either on the glass, offensive or defense, or the scoring, or both. And like, he's just been monumental. And I do feel like if you don't want to say outside of the defense, the other big thing, the Bucks bigs, all three of the ones who play regularly, sorry, Serge, Giannis, Brooke, and Bobby have been awesome this season. And it feels like they all are just really hitting their strides at the same time in different ways. Bobby was only five for 15 against the Thunder. He missed a lot of his twos, which we know he takes tough twos usually. But still, when you're adding 21 rebounds in a game against a smaller team, like we know those second chance points or just, you know, firming up the boards on the other end. He had four offensive, 17 defensive. That just gives the Bucks more opportunities and, and increases the margin. And increasing the margin is how you start 9-0 and instead of 6-3 and or whatever else. Bobby has just been awesome. Two for five from deep, shooting the ball really well. Feels like there's been multiple games. I'm not saying this was one of them because I think they, they shot pretty well overall. Not great. But there's been multiple games where it feels like he's been the guy to bust them out of an offensive slump. By just like hitting a one dribble three or a no dribble three or something. Uh, just really awesome play over the last five, six games here. And a huge part of why they're still undefeated. For sure. And I think a lot of the two-point misses against the Thunder, like a couple of them were like bunnies at the rim. Like uh, I think yeah. he, like he, he had four offensive rebounds. I think three of them <laughs> on the same possession. Yeah. Because he just kept like grabbing the board, missing the tip, yep. getting the board, missing the tip. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. Uh, uh, it's the the Ursan Ilyasova, but um, yeah, it's just been just been amazing. Like uh, a lot of the rebounds were probably because of Brooke. Brooke boxing out. Oh yeah, like, Brooke. I think only had like a few rebounds. He had in three. Game, but, classic yeah, Brooke. It's classic Brooke. Because I looked, I was like, Bobby had seventeen and Brooke had one. I was like, yeah, Brooke. Brooke has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Uh, but credit to credit to Bobby. He's been playing absolutely incredible. He's been what this team needs. Like we've mentioned. Again, the offense is kind of bad. Yeah. But Bobby is one of the guys on this team who will go and take and make shots. And he's he's doing he's doing the thing. Another one of those guys, Brooke Lopez, who just it's got the I said this last year, the underrated story of the NBA season was the Bucks not having Brooke Lopez. And I shared like a bunch of their net ratings, like with Giannis and Brooke on. And every year outside of that year, they're like plus nine or better. Like they just kill teams. This year, I don't, it doesn't even need Giannis on. Brooke is killing teams when he's on the floor. He's plus 13, which was second on the Bucks. Only George, of course, George Hill. George Hill always is George Hill plus 94 in a game they win by two. It doesn't make any sense. But 
Brooke, 25 points, three boards, one assist, one steal, one block, three turnovers, four for nine from two, six of seven, or six, four for nine of three, excuse me, six for seven from two, made his only free throw. Like, he just does everything well this year. It's insane. Like, we never could have expected this. And it is, if, if you had to single out one player, I think you have to say Giannis first. It's Brooks second, though, for why they're undefeated. Like, he is – he just – he looks great at everything. He's great in the role. He's, he's catching lobs. He's making his mid-range jumper. He's making his threes. Like, he's, every he's single thing. Turnaround, he's taking turnaround Dirk fades every game And time. making and them. going in. Like, like I, I feel like I'm tweeting out Burke Lipitsky every game. Burke Lipitsky. It's just – this is his highest scoring average on a season in, like, seven years. Yeah. Since uh, – since, what is it? His last Brooklyn year. Yeah. Where he, 16, 17, he was averaging 20 and a half points. Then he hasn't cracked. He's barely made 13, and now he's at 15. 15 and six. Two and a half blocks as well. Which that is that going to be a career high for him? Yeah, it is. It's a yeah. career high right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's mind blowing. Like, I'll, that, just the Brook Lopez on what was it, the biannual exception? Like, Five years it ago, literally changed the course of Bucks history forever. It's the it's the best free agent signing in Bucks history. No, no question. Sorry, Greg, but yeah, it's that's pretty much the comp, right? Yeah. So, yeah sorry, Greg. <laughs> it's not even close, <laughs> brother. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's 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 amazing, like to see what Brook Lopez like. Just if you were to take each one of the each side of the ball in which he's doing really well. You'd say this is amazing. If you yeah. just purely looked at the defensive end, he's not doing anything on offense. You're like, this guy's defensive player of the year. Yeah. He's doing like he's anchoring the best defense in the league. He looks spry. He looks amazing. Wow. It's so great that the Bucks have Brooke Lopez. Take that away. Oh my goodness. Brooke is doing everything on offense. Yeah. He's hitting his threes. He's hitting his two. Forget anything he's doing on defense. He's been the second best consistent offensive player for the Bucks. Yeah. It's amazing. He's doing both of those things. So Giannis is shooting an insane sixty-one percent from two, which is again, which insane it feels number. that's that feels fake. Like that feels like oh, just wait. Made up. Brooke Lopez is shooting sixty-six percent from two this season. Sixty-six percent from two on five attempts per game, and we've said a lot of them are that mid-range jumper. Like he's just not missing. Thirty-six point eight percent from three and sixty-six percent from two. Team high. 60.1 EFG, effective field goal percentage. Again, higher than Giannis. Than Giannis. And obviously, you know, easier shots, way less per game. But still, he's just been – he's been the rock on both ends, which and we're used to him being the never, rock on one end, not both. And he's never been a guy – like this This ties into the culture thing you said up top. He's never been a guy like, oh, I need, I need some shots. Like, oh, no, I, I don't no. get a lot of shots this game. It's fine. Like he he'll, he shot six times against the Timberwolves. Then he's like, yeah, okay, fine. Then he shoots sixteen times. Whatever they the need. Thunder. Whatever, Whatever they, they need. need. Yeah. This is the second time this season he's actually shot ten of sixteen from the field. Well, and and not even not even just the shots, but how about rebounds? I mean, there's for big guys. We all know rebounds. Like board man gets paid, right? Like that is a big thing because advanced stats are stupid. You know, the general like there's there's just perception like oh you got to rebound if you're a big guy. He's never cared and he's never averaged a lot with the Bucks because he's always been the guy to box out and let other people get them. Yes. Winning, and winning feel, basketball and like, player. 
And I feel like it's that there's a little bit of a shift going on in terms of like uh, the perception of rebounds. Like a little bit. More, it's slow. More, it's it's more of a team stat as you feel yeah. like it should be considered that rather than individual stat. Um, but yeah, what you're saying is completely right. Like Brooke Lopez, even though he is getting the boards, he's always contributed to getting the boards. Yes. Uh, it just might not show up on the box score. Real quick, but, we're not, not going to talk about this player much. Do you know who's tied fourth for offensive rebounds per game on the Bucks this year? Tied fourth? Yeah. So it's Bobby, Brooke, Giannis, which all makes sense. Is it, is it Jordan Wara? No. Uh, it is Wesley Matthews in 15 oh, minutes per game. He had four against the Thunder. The Bucks where, had where's 18. Where's Jordan at? Uh, War is seventh. He has point seven. He's tied with Javon and Marjan Bochamp. Oh, okay. I just felt like there's a game where he had like three. Drew Holiday is tied with Wes at one point three. Team effort on the boards, but yeah, team Brooke effort on the boards. Can't say enough. We didn't no, talk about. Really is he? Is he? Is he an All Star? I'm worried the numbers are just going to be too low, and they they'll give it to Drew instead. Which is, you know, I would like to see Drew and as an All Star. That's good. He's just still. Why not both? I think we all know why not both. Yeah. The Hawks are going to get two. The Cavs might get three because I think they'll probably get. It'll probably be their backcourt, but they might get. They might have a third guy sneak in. I don't think so. So yeah, yeah. Mobley's numbers are down too. Yeah, I mean Jared Allen, but I don't think. No, no, I'm saying like yeah, there's no chance they they, because they have four All Star level guys. No, they don't. I think theoretically. No, they don't. Okay, well, literally, okay. So, would you say three All Star level guys? Two and a half. Because they have three guys who have made All Star teams. I know. I, if the game is in Cleveland last year, is Jared Allen an All Star? Was it in Cleveland? It was in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Just putting that out there. Just lobbing that out there. Just, might that might matter? Who knows? Um, Carter going to be mad at you? Huh, that's fine. I don't think they listen. <laughs> Um, hopefully not. Sorry, guys. We haven't talked about Giannis or Drew yet. Um, mm-hmm. Giannis, I remember we talked in our pre before the year pod. He could average, I think, thirty for the first time, twelve for the first time, and six for the first time. Points, rebounds, assists. Currently averaging thirty-two point six points, twelve point nine rebounds, five point eight assists per game, plus two and a half stocks, shooting sixty-one percent from th- two, twenty-seven percent from three. His jumper's been bad all year. I think his his, his numbers are going to go up, I'm pretty sure. His mid-range and his three have been bad. And I know people, oh, of course there's Giannis. They were a lot better last year. And I think he's kind of in a shooting slump. And it just hasn't mattered because he's the best player in the world. The spinning baseline dunk on Nas Reed in the Timberwolves game, I don't know if you saw that. I did. There's a game where he was kind of bad most of the game. I know he ends up with a triple-double. I got a tweet after that did the stocks like, oh, triple double, no up stock. I'm not Russell Westbrook. Round numbers I think don't move me. Was that John? Me. Yeah, well, <laughs> sorry, was John. John. <laughs> it was. Uh, I'm not Russell Westbrook. Round numbers don't move me. But every fourth quarter, it's always his best quarter of any game. He's just such a gamer and winner. Like, you know, I watched the Redeem Team doc over the weekend, and there was a bunch in there, and they, they whitewashed, you know, Kobe's struggles, just, you know, you know. Alleged rape, like it's it's kind of a weird weird way to put it, right? His struggles that he got over. Um, they didn't really talk about that part, which I thought was a little gross. But they talked all about how Kobe changed the culture of that team because his work ethic, four a.m. every day, took over in all the games, ran through Pau Gasol, blah blah blah. 
And I was like, yeah, that is the Giannis thing. And you can tell that's why Giannis emulated him on the court is because like he's just such a killer now. And he, that's what he didn't have before the 21 playoffs was that ability to like really take over a game and just control it entirely and just go get bucket after bucket in the fourth quarter. And he has that now. And he just – he grabs a game and doesn't let go. And that's, again, the, the real quick, fast reasons. Anytime they have a close game late, Giannis is just like, yeah, no, we're actually going to win this. And then they do. It's I, we we've been doing this podcast. This is our our fourth season doing this podcast side. We we've covered a lot of we've covered a lot of good Giannis seasons. We've covered a title season every single time, like first team All NBA season. Like that's yeah, just who he is. That's the standard. Years. Yeah. I I feel like I'm still impressed every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you would think you would become numb to this. I'm not numb to this. No. Uh, even though it feels like we do because we we don't talk about him until like we're an hour into the podcast. But. Uh, in fairness to us, he did. He's, I think, the only player we talked about who sat out a game in this stretch. So maybe Bochamp yes. has. That's DMPs. It's a little different. But yeah. But it's, it's, I, I, we need makeup words to, yeah. to, to be able to talk about this. Like, I'm just, I'm looking at his B ball ref page right now. Like, this has all been talked about over and over again, but it's just like every year the points per game goes up and it's like, okay, one year, one year it goes down by 1.4 points. What, what's that year? Oh yeah. They won the title. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's, it's ridiculous how good he is at manipulating space and uh, reading defenses, like how much smarter he has gotten at the game, like how he sees the game is amazing. Like you, the, the number that's really popping to me is the assist like 5.8 assists? Sure, he's had a 5.9 assist season in the past, again, title year, but he sees the floor at a level where we've been seeing this for years now, where he just he sees passes better and better. It's just like he he's one of the most elite playmakers in the league, and he's not going to have gaudy assist numbers because one, he's going to be scoring 30, nearly 33 a game, and two, some his teammates are allergic to getting him the 10th assist. <laughs> Majan Bochamp, baby. Yeah, <laughs> got to get that chemistry. But uh, he, the way he sees the floor is what's impressed me the most so far. Yeah, this season. yeah, and, like and the just, way he can manipulate yeah. what the defense is giving him is so good. Like you talked about earlier, the play where he get gets the ball to Bochamp in transition. I think twice. Once Bochamp cut flash to the flash to the dunker spot uh, in transition because they were building a barrier. And he just got a layup out of it. One, the other one was the Bochamp and one in transition, where it's mm. like, okay, I get the ball, and now there's four guys on me, yep. but I already know that Bochamp's trailing. I'm thinking about passing him the ball before I basically even get the ball. That that it's, it's, that play is the, reads. the biggest example of the value of Bo, uh, Bochamp's athleticism. Is Giannis just has not had? I mean, I thought maybe Bobby could do some of this. It hasn't really turned out. But like Giannis to have a running mate in transition who he can just like I mean I think we're we'll probably end up seeing some lobs in those situations if they keep playing together where it's just like oh I'll just throw the ball up by the hoop and Marjan's just gonna slam it. I, I remember, you know, there was idiots on Twitter who were like Giannis, you know, Giannis couldn't get the job done against Boston, right? He averaged 34, 14, and seven in that series. And shot. Is the fir- first player to get 200 points, 100 rebounds, uh, 50 assists, or something in a it series? Sounds like sounds about right. And it's just like we we went from like about two years ago, there was no player that could guard him, but there were systems that were. 
that Boston team was like an all-time great defensive team. It just didn't matter. Like there's nobody, no team can guard Giannis anymore. That's where we're at. Because no, and that was that was a team, that was a system defense. Like you said, one of the most elite defenses in the league uh, without Chris Middleton. So it's like you yeah. can send even more help to Giannis. 34, 14.7, and 7.1 assists. Like – and that's the other thing. The other reason is assist numbers aren't gaudy. He doesn't doesn't play that many minutes. Like if Giannis went out there and played thirty seven minutes a game, he might average like thirty five, fifteen, and seven this year. He's just not what, going to. Can you imagine what Nick Nurse would do to Giannis? Oh, I no, I don't want to. Don't even put that out in the universe. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think despite us not mentioning him till the hour mark today, he's the st- he's the straw that stirs the drink, makes everything possible, and it's an old old expression. You never heard that? No. It's a good one. It's smooth. Okay, I like it. The straw that stirs the drink. We're back. I feel like last season you had a new expression for me every every episode. I gotta keep. I gotta keep. uh, I gotta keep uh, lobbing him at you there. But yeah, yeah, he's just uh, best player in the world, and he again keeps getting better. No debate. No debate. Every year we kind of wonder, like, well, I don't know if he can keep getting better. He does. Did you see the? Did you see the video he uh, posted all over social? I don't think so. uh, uh, He was like. Uh, God has to keep me humble uh, because he said, like, I, I can't have everything. I'm handsome. I have a beautiful wife, he said. Oh, well, he congratulations. Said congratulations. Uh, that's I feel like that's uh, it's a, that's the most Giannis way to announce that ever. Yeah, it is. Uh, beautiful family, beautiful kids. Uh, just he said he's handsome. Like, I can <laughs> I can uh, dominate the paint. He just uh, can't shoot, though. Can't make threes. Like, oh, God had to keep me humble. His, like, his quote from I can't the do shoes. everything. Was it was I wonder if somebody asked him about the the quote with the Bucks video where he gave out the shoes. Did you see that? Yes. He's he's like you'll be able to do to drive, to dunk better, lift more. Euro step. Yeah, Euro step. And one of the staffers goes shoot better. Giannis goes I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's hilarious, man. He's the best. Like especially like the NBA has been absolutely exhausting the past week. I feel like it's taken a toll on my mental well being covering like oh yeah everything everything outside everything of the attacked. box yeah it's been it's been draining. I feel disgusted. I feel gross yeah. just trying to take in all the NBA news. And then you, you turn around, you're a Bucks fan. It's like, yeah, Giannis is like ripping off Serge Ibaka's shoes. So <laughs> I, was, that, I was a little concerned. I was like, Giannis, he is big and old. You should not pull him down by his shoes, my guy. <laughs> and that's the biggest drama. Yeah. It's it's Giannis. Like, are you like, are, are his teammates wearing his shoes? Yeah. Um, no, it's, we're, and again, we're lucky. We're and we've lucky. talked about, he should have come up earlier when we talked about Bucks culture as well. Because again, as we've said, like Duncan, you can't have great culture without a great culture setter. And it can't be a coach. Like, it has to be the star player. And that's why Giannis, like a guy like Steph, right? Like, it's so easy to build around these guys because it just they, – they set the tone in the work ethic and just the way they go about things. And it, it means – like, you kind of have to fall in line or you just – you look dumb, right? You look like a sore thumb if you're on the Bucks and you're not – you know, you're not a great teammate. You're not a hard worker. Like, you're just not going to fit, clearly. For sure. It's going to be, oh man, it's, it's fun. It's like one of the reasons you, we talked about culture, like you just mentioned, like him and Chris, they've been setting the tone Yeah, in the locker room. Like Chris said that quote, I keep bringing up like a few years back where he's like, we don't tolerate a-holes in this locker room. Like, yeah. They, they, they set the, they set the bar and everything runs through them. So no Kyrie Irving trade. Oh my God, Ty. Don't even. Would that rule oh. out a KD trade too? 
I don't know. How much water does he have to carry for Kyrie Irving before he is included in, in some degree in Kyrie's foolishness? I think he has to be included. A I think bit. so too, because he is enabled every step of Kyrie Irving. Yeah, but that's the I, guy. We, I just en- said enables f- enables is a strong. I guy. don't think it. That's the guy who sets the tone for that franchise, and all he ever does is makes excuses for Kyrie Irving because he because he's not a tone setter. That's why. Well, he, that's he, a problem. Well, that's yeah. an issue for them. They lost James Harden because of that. They could have James Harden and all this depth and stuff, and they could have just gotten rid of Kyrie, and that was totally on the table. And KD said, no, I'm not going to take – I'm not going to be involved. Whatever. I'm with Kyrie no matter what. No matter how much anti-science, anti-Semitic rhetoric he spews out there, I, I'm just going to stand here and – it's the media's fault. That's on him too in my opinion. So I'm fine if the I, Bucks don't get him. Yeah, they're, they're already the best team in the league anyway. Yeah. Go get Boss Man. <laughs> boss man, I boss know. man, just putting out content these days. I- I'm sorry, it cracks me up. He's getting ten it's million dollars. So He's sitting there watching Sports Center. Man, sports is crazy. <laughs> what? And it's the the funny, like it's not funny, obviously, but like the the Cam Johnson injury. It's like oh man, uh, yeah, I, oh yeah. I, I wonder, do they have to bring him back? Boss man, we have a starting spot for you. Imagine yeah, like, he can, would. Can you come start? <laughs> he, he's going to say one condition. I get to put out a hype video announcing it. Imagine like Shams has to. Uh, Shams would just steal it, but Woj has to quote tweet a boss man video and be like, "He's back." Yeah, Jay Crowder <laughs> announces he's returning to the Suns. <laughs> he ends it with like a Photoshop of the Jordan facts, but it's boss man nine nine. <laughs> oh man. Um, I love him. Real quick bounce around the team because we are an hour, 10 minutes. Drew Holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a Drew Holiday take. Let's hear it. He's Batman in that. Oh, no, not this again. What? Wait, what did it mean again? Not the Batman and Robin thing again. No, I'm not. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I don't don't have the quote right. So it's not a good. But it's like he's he's not the hero we deserve, but he's the hero we need. I just feel like his offense, it's always just enough. That's uh, The Batman thing doesn't work at all. But it, it's always like he's just there enough when you need him. And some games are ugly. But then like when he's really needed, like, all right, I've got 29 points and six assists and no turnovers against the Wolves and we put them away. Like I guess that's just also saying he's just kind of an inconsistent scorer who's on a really good team. It's maybe the same thing. But I do feel like when, when they need Drew – He's there enough, and he gets it done, which considering his playmaking and his defense, like you'll take that from a guy who's realistically your co-second guy who's had to be their full-time second guy this year. Yeah, it's just like it's – I've talked about this in the past, but you're asking a lot from him if you want him to be like that secondary offensive engine. Yeah. And it's just like that's not who he is. That's never who he's been as a player. Like you're going to overtax him doing that. But – He's he's he hasn't been bad. No, like he he's been good. Some he's stinkers. Had a, he's had high, yeah, he's had high scoring outbursts. Has it like been the most efficient? Has he had some stinkers? Yes, but he's provided what this team's needed. At twenty points, eight assists, five point seven rebounds, one point six steals, and point seven blocks. Like I think if he is like a twenty. If he could be 27 and 6ish or 27 and 5 or the, no I'm sorry 25 and 7 the 7 being assists and if Chris can slide back in at like 22ish points that's just fine. Like I'm okay if Drew's not scoring an efficient 24 a night. Like that is expecting a ton. 
But if he can hover around 20, even if he's like 19 points, but he's bringing a lot of assists and that defense, I think that is like totally perfect. So, yeah, I think he's there enough when you need him. Shooting again, 36% from deep, 48% from two. I just think he should cut out some of those early shot clock jumpers because it's like look for something better first and then do that. I don't think anyone would have that much of a problem. But outside of that, I've been very happy with this season. Yeah, not much to not much to complain about. He's been a defensive monster as well. First, yeah, of course, like oh, yeah. we talked about with Javon Carter, like you can you can put him on anyone. I I you can put him on prime Demarcus Cousins, and I'd feel okay with that. Wouldn't yeah. be ideal. No, yeah, <laughs> like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to send help and leave a shooter wide open. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. feel like it's disaster level. No, I feel like his ability to take the ball in the paint. I don't know why I'm like, why I don't know why Demarcus came. Like, why, yeah, I don't why, know. It's, I like it though. I like. You I'm, know, I love thinking, a, I, I'm thinking of a modern like post big. Who was the random comp I had the other day that people were giving me so much crap for? I think oh, it was you guys. Was it? it was like some oh, wing. Who was it? I can't remember. Was it Mo Harkless? No, was it Al Aminu? It was Al Aminu. Yeah. Who did I, I don't even remember what the comp was. Uh, real quick, let's talk about the old guys, and then we can wrap with Grayson. George and Wes. I, I just have one question. They're, they're playing fine. Wes, Wes isn't making a shot. George isn't making many threes. George has been more helpful. Has played more too. Yeah, I, he had a he had a rough Thunder game though. Yeah. Are these guys going to play more later? Do you think? I think so. I think it's early season. These guys are, like you said, old. Yeah. Uh, Try to try to save them a little bit, and you don't have to. Like you can let guys like Javon Carter get comfortable. You can give guys like Marjan Bochamp an opportunity yeah. early in the season. Like that's fine. Like we talked about with Bochamp, like West is going to take his role like later on. That's almost a given. The one question though, I, is there even without the young guys? I wonder if these two guys could still get squeezed out of the playoff rotation. There's a chance. I think there Ingles is the Ingles is the swing for the wing. If Ingles looks good, then suddenly the wing rotation, it's like, what the hell do we do? Yeah. It's it's gonna be tough. It's it'll probably be easier for George Hill to find minutes rather than Wes Matthews. Yeah. But I mean, we we know what Wes can do. We know how much of a like great defender he is, how much of a stopper he still can be at this age. Yeah. It'll be tough. I feel like he'll still find minutes, but is it going to be a reduced role? There's there's a good chance. I don't think he's going to start. We'll see. No, we'll see. No, it's but. it's too it's too much. It's too much for him. You don't want to you don't want to chance. It. I do think it's interesting. Like Brooke is playing thirty minutes a game. Like I I think especially on the on the half of back to backs, it's made sense to me that they've limited West. But he's only averaging fifteen minutes a game. Like he's not hitting many shots. I get it. He's averaging more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds, which is hilarious. I still think he just impacts winning at, at a at a high level. Look, even. look at the first game of the season. He's yeah. in the game winner. Yeah. Like I just think he's he just comes through. He's so rock solid. But I, I just I'm interested. I'm interested to see how, especially him. I think George twenty minutes a game, probably a little less in the playoffs. Like I, it makes more sense to me. Wes, I think it's like I wonder. What do his minutes look like when this team is fully healthy and what's his role? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll be something to watch going forward for sure. But uh, you want to talk Grayson? Does yeah, super sixth man or I guess seventh if it's Bobby's. I don't know how to how to square that. But what do you think Grayson on the bench? Is it better or what's, what's going on here, Rohan? You're the I Grayson guy. 
I think it's it's looking fine so far. He's proven he can be an offensive spark plug. I think one thing we talked about last episode was like his hesitancy to shoot um, coming off movement and stuff like that, like taking taking advantage of what the defense is doing against him. I thought he's gotten better at that uh, over the last week. He's gotten a lot more uh, like recognizing if the defenders are giving him a shot, he'll take that shot. Like if they're if they're stepping up, he will drive. Like he's he's getting more confident in his decision making. I think he looks he looks fine. Like he's doing what we want him to do in terms of being an offensive spark plug, but not like if if you're in this little bit of a reduced role, you're not getting picked on on defense as much. Like I think this is it's a happy medium for him. Yeah, and also I do think the fascinating thing about the starters versus the Thunder was and I tweeted this before the game the logical like safe bud lineup right would have been Javon Drew Grayson Bobby Brook because Bobby has typically been the Giannis stand-in or the Brook stand-in right a big guy goes down Bobby starts and that did happen but the fun one would have been Marjon and then just play smaller but instead it's Bobby and Marjon so like, does Grayson coming off the bench there have anything to do with Giannis being out? Like, I mean, we knew Bobby would slide in and he did. Like, that to me is interesting. And the fact that Javon stays out there as well. But my, my anticipated, like, oh, this would be a really fun lineup was Drew, Marjon, Grayson, Bobby, Brooke, which is like you get your big guys and then let's see Marjon start. The fact that Javon stays out there and, and Grayson doesn't really makes me think – Maybe they're they are looking to a bench roll for him. Like maybe the starters will be Javon, Drew, Chris, Giannis, Brooke, and then your bench mob. At that point, your bench mob is insane, dude. Grayson Allen, let's like, like just talent wise, I guess. Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, like George Hill, and then all those wing like Wes Matthews, like Marjon, like all these got Joe Ingles Joe eventually at some point. Yeah. Like Serge is your your twelfth guy or whatever, like. That's like such a deep team. And I think there is a benefit there of if Javon is going to be, and he's been not a starter in minutes. He's playing like 23, he's like seventh or eighth in minutes per game. I kind of like that arrangement of just like, he comes in, he's such a low usage player that he can really optimize touches for the big three and just give you that defense, give Drew that versatility. And then the guys you're bringing in, it's like, they're all not just like, okay, rotation players. They're all good players. They all have like plus skills. And it's like your three like your first three bench guys, Bobby, Pat, Grayson, that's an embarrassment of riches, man. Like that's like you're bringing in guys who have all at times started for the Milwaukee Bucks. Like that is really, really plus. So really exciting, I think, to follow how this rotation goes. But don't mind Grayson coming off the bench at all. Hopefully he can continue to play well like he did against the Thunder in that configuration. For sure, for sure. It's gonna be again, that's another trend to monitor going forward. Yeah. Is just like we'll see, we'll see how this sort of plays out and we'll we'll circle back to it next episode. Hundred percent. Uh do we is that everyone? Do we have anything else we need to talk about here, Ty? Um, I think we at least mentioned every player. If not, I'm sure we'll circle back to them next time. Surge is hilarious. TA is not playing. There, that that does it. Now that's everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that about wraps yeah. it for this special nine and zero undefeated start for the Milwaukee Bucks. Never lost. Whew. I'm tweeting it every game time. Why wouldn't what, you? 
I just like it's it's amazing at this point. Like I thought I thought I would have to come up with a bit at this point. Like they're undefeated at home. Undefeated yeah, usually you have to throw in like when X plays or something like yeah. that. Here's well, a question: like, If they do yeah. win, if they win tonight, should we should we have to spice it up and do something special here? Once they hit ten, like should we convene after every game? That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I don't know. We'll talk about something special. We'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk. Because, we'll I mean, that's – we're getting to a pretty crazy level here. Yeah. I mean, there's, they're the only undefeated team, obviously, in the league. Best yeah. record. I think Cavs are second. Yep. Cavs only have one loss. Yeah. It's crazy. Is there any other – do the Blazers just have one still? Blazers have three. Oh, next Next highest is two, Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they got robbed. It should be – the Blazers should have four and Phoenix should have one. Jeremy Grant did a moonwalk before he hit a game winner, and I don't think he got it off in time. Crazy, but anyway, that's yeah. I think we're done. We're talking about Jeremy Grant. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we talked about Al Farouk Aminu. Uh, so <laughs> Every <fine>. pod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, we're good. Uh, done here. Thank you for listening to this uh, episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Like I mentioned up top, make sure you check out all things GSPN at gspn.info. We have a new store edition. Couple We've of them, to, I think. Yeah, we do. We have some talk of the tundra merch Ooh. and time. Oh We've got purple win That's in six. That's the perp. Purple win in six. I Ooh. I already have an article of that clothing, but I, I recommend you check out yes. uh, gspnstore.com or the link is at gspn.info. Good stuff there, Ty. Oh, Good yeah. stuff there for sure. But also, like I mentioned up top, make sure you go vote in yes. the general election. Uh, Tuesday, November 8th, find your polling place, find your location. Uh, Preferably for people who believe in democracy. I'll leave it at that. Yes. I'll leave it at that. I agree with that 100%. Also, tomorrow's a very special day. Everyone go wish Adam McGee a happy birthday. Oh, he's going to hate this. <laughs> uh, make sure you uh, tell Adam a happy birthday on Tuesday. Uh, if you're still listening, Adam, I'm sorry. Yeah. But uh, Adam will hear this for- in February. So <laughs> thank you all for listening. Pod random. And we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.